This path will lead you to an unholy place, a cemetery. Hello everybody, Foggy Jack here, the lost boy, oddball of magic, and the host of the Foggy Jack 13 podcast. I'll meet you down in the pumpkin patch where the haunters meet the haunted. Good evening, I'm Edgar Mills, and welcome to Ghost Walks Radio, a show dedicated to ghost stories and the interesting spiritual world of the paranormal. The show is about to begin, and now, your host, Daniel. Welcome to Ghost Walks Radio, Episode 9. Tonight we feature ghosts that come from Hamilton's ancestors, the pioneers, basically the men and women who built this great city. All of the best ghost stories come from history. Actually, all stories derive from history, whether we know it or not. For example, out in Niagara-on-the-Lake, Canada's most haunted town, we will take you through each of the stories and connect that story with the history of the building. And no matter what it takes, those ghosts are presented to you in that way because that connection does exist and by showing it, you almost prove that the ghost is real. Because the things that happen today go along with the things that happened in history. As if it's repeating through time, maybe it's like a reminder for everybody to remember what these ghosts are all about. Now, I am your host, Daniel Cumulato, and since helping found Canada's second oldest online paranormal group, Haunted Hamilton, I've been in love with ghost stories. I've heard so many over the years, and I've never stopped being interested, and it never stops amazing me. About this radio show, it's dedicated to ghost stories, which are personal experiences and legends told by you. The personal experience and ghost story have always fascinated me because people all over the world are constantly proving the existence of ghosts. Now, why do I believe in ghosts? Well, ghosts are energy. Energy makes up everything around us. The furniture... The, 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 the building we're in, ourselves in general, and it's hard to believe that when we die, that something isn't left behind. The format of the show goes as follows. The show is pre-recorded, so unfortunately call-ins will not be answered. However, you can have your ghost story featured on the air. Write your experience or record it on your computer or cell phone, and then email that to info, I-N-F-O, at ghostwalks.com. I will feature your ghost story on the air. It's just that easy. Also, feel free to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghostwalksradio for show updates and events, personal ghost stories, and more. So tonight, we feature the ghost stories of the ancestors and pioneers who have traveled throughout time to interact with you as a ghost through a personal ghost story or legend. 
and our very first one of the night has to do with Hamilton, and it is Isaac Buchanan of Whitehern Mansion in downtown. This location and story is featured on our traditional downtown Hamilton ghost walk. Now, Whitehern Mansion is a jewel of the city of Hamilton because among all of the modern structures that have placed around it, Whitehern remains there as if it was a snapshot in time cut out and saved for future generations. Why would they do this for one house while destroy so much history around it? It must have something to do with the family that used to live in there. Not so much the family as one person in particular. But starting with the family themselves, and we have the McQuestons, Dr. Calvin McQueston coming over from Boston. And like most people in their retirement years, they wanted to change things up. He was a medical doctor for a very long time. At this point, he wants to try something new, where the rest of us would retire to a beachfront somewhere. Dr. Calvin decided to become an industrialist. And where better than the city of Hamilton, booming at the time, to become this. So he brings his entire family over to the city. He starts businesses and over the first three years is able to build it to a point where his family has much money. They're able to buy a beautiful mansion in downtown and call it Whitehern. And three years after they arrived in the city, Dr. Calvin died. Now this was a big surprise for his family, especially his firstborn son, Isaac McQuestin. Isaac tried to take over the family businesses, but he wasn't able. He plunged them into bankruptcy, and as the years went by, he tried to save face, tried to take away the embarrassment, but the only thing that medicated this was alcohol. He would become an alcoholic. He would turn to this whenever he was stressed, and after a while it started to kill him. And it was one evening in the year 1888 when Isaac decided to go down in the middle of the night into his father's study, sit at his father's desk, and take an overdose of sleeping drought, which today would be sleeping pills, mixed with a lethal dose of alcohol. His wife would find him half dead the next morning, the doctor almost made it to the house before Isaac went the rest of the way. Isaac McQuestin is now gone. His family is in trouble of being thrown out into the streets. And it's at this point the city of Hamilton takes pity on them. Until a savior could come, the family remains in their family home of Whitehern. And the savior comes in a very interesting form, that of Isaac's firstborn son, Thomas Baker McQuestin, TB for short, and Thomas Baker McQuestin had a savvy business mind like his grandfather, but instead of going into industry, he went into politics, became the first Rhodes Minister of Ontario, and during his time built such things as the QEW Highway, the Rainbow Bridge going into the United States, and because he didn't have too much on his plate during the day, he wrote up the original plans to the Royal Botanical Gardens. And T.B. McQuestin is considered one of the pioneers of this city and is the reason why Whitehern still remains around to this very day. But the story of a pioneer for this radio show has nothing to do with T.B. at all, but more to do with his father, Isaac Buchanan. For Isaac Buchanan committed suicide in this house, 
and it's believed that he never left, or maybe he's just trapped inside. People do not know, but what they do know is that he's still around. The employees know this even though they're not allowed to talk about it, because their contracts clearly state you are not allowed to spread ghost stories when working for the Hamilton Civic Museums. This doesn't stop the ghosts from getting out. For we have visitors coming into this house. We have a young lady walking through the front door of this house, deciding to start her tour on the second floor, walking up those stairs and seeing something coming down towards her. Now when you see a ghost, your mind immediately rationalizes the situation. You try and put a normal spin on something that is completely abnormal, but this was impossible for what was coming towards her didn't make any sense at all. It was a black shadow shaped like a man quickly coming down those stairs. And at this point, she switched to the flight or fight response and turned to the side to avoid being pushed down the stairs, watching the shadow go straight by her face, down to the bottom and right through the closed front door. Now, she wasn't able to stay silent about this as anybody would be. And she went straight to the workers to ask them what had just happened. And the workers could only tell her the truth. And that they have seen this shadow as well. And they all believe wholeheartedly that this is the ghost of Isaac McQuestin. That he killed himself in this house. And that he is trapped in here for eternity. And that is his spirit, darkness and all, trying to move through that front door and escape on a regular basis. Something that he never seems to accomplish. For our second story, we will move out of the city of Hamilton and go to an area that today is known as Cayuga. But back in the day, this was another town that would soon become a ghost town. And what we have here is Indiana, once the sister city of Cayuga, and is now just a park and forgotten history. Ruthven, they called it. Ruthven Park. And this was today's inclination of was once a location for commerce. And what we had was lumber traveling up and down the Grand River, once a major point of transportation before the railway was invented. And here we have a very prosperous town known as Indiana, started by a man named David Thompson I. Now, he was a great businessman, also a politician, also a veteran of the War of 1812, all of these things coming together in a great man that everybody loved and respected, for he gave them employment as the town prospered, processing the lumber that would come in and then sending it back out onto the Grand River. But this would only last for so long. We have David Thompson the first, David Thompson the second. We have Andrew Thompson, and throughout those years, Indiana prospered, but then a new invention would come along, and as I already mentioned, it was the railway, and the railway was picking its ports and its stations. Hamilton would become a major station, Toronto would become a station, and the cities down by Lake Ontario would, the ones that were forgotten were up around Cayuga. Now, Cayuga did get a station, but of course, Indiana did not. And as that business traffic stopped on the Grand River, so did the heartbeat of the town of Indiana. 
And slowly the workers would leave for better places, leaving behind their shanty homes and their ancestors that have already been buried, going away, and soon the wooden structures would fall. But what was left is anything made of stone, and what we have is Ruthven Mansion, the Thompson Mansion, a large stone structure with columns in the front, a beautiful thing to behold that has remained, and of course the stones that mark the ancestors who have long passed for the townspeople and for the family known as Thompson. So this is all that's left, something that would have been occupied by the Thompson family until the 1980s, and during this time switched over to given to the city and run as part of Cayuga, and that's the way it remains today. That's the history of the house, the history of the town. But what I want to talk about is a specific person in the family known as Thompson. And what we have here is a young girl named Bessie. Now, Bessie was only 11 years old when her life would come to an end. And as we lead up to those 11 years, the only thing Bessie ever knew was the mansion was her family home. She never traveled out and seen anything. She wouldn't become an adult to experience that life around her. Instead, we have a young girl frozen in time. And back when she was alive, she was sick. Now, it's not 100% clear on what she had. Some say diphtheria, but either way, she was dying. And as we get up to 11 years of age, she's slowly fading away. And the one thing that she would do is sit on those stairs on the main floor and stare out through the small window at the side of the front door and waiting for that doctor to walk up those front steps. She would scream, run up the stairs into her room and slam the door so he couldn't find her for what she was afraid of was the medicine that he was going to give her to help her feel better because it tasted terrible. This was a common occurrence. And if you know about residual hauntings, you know that common occurrences in life can be repeated after death. Now, is that proven? Well, two experiences tell us so, starting with a tour that was given by a historical interpreter during the day and a family that came in with a young girl. Now, the interpreter told the history, took them into the first floor, noticed that the young girl was staring at those stairs, not paying attention to her, but it didn't bother her at all. After all, kids and attention spans and, and whatnot. And after the tour, the little girl's parents came up to the interpreter and asked a very interesting question. They said, our daughter asked us about the little girl on the stairs. The interpreter was confused by this. There was no other little girl on the tour. And she turns to the daughter and asks her straight out, well, what did the little girl look like? And the daughter described her to a T. And the interpreter immediately recognized the description from letters written by Bessie's father where he described his young daughter for the receiver. It was a perfect match. She knew it was Bessie. She knew there was no other girl on the tour. She knew this was a ghost. Now, this would be proven again during one of our ghost walks of Ruthven. In fact, the very first one that happened in 2008, and a family going through the house on their own would come out afterwards and talk to our ghost guide, Lady Jade. 
and it was a young boy, I believe, in the, in the family who asked a similar question, saying, who was the little girl sitting on the stairs? Now, Lady Jade had not told them the story of Bessie at this point. The little kid had no idea that she existed, and when Lady Jade asked for a description, we have once again a similar description matching that letter written by her father so many decades ago. Two stories, two experiences coming together by two different people in different walks of life that never met, talking to two interpreters that have never met, talking about the exact same ghost, Little Bessie of Ruthman Mansion. That brings this week's show to a close. We will feature more ancestor ghosts in future episodes. Remember, send us your ghost stories to be featured on Ghost Walks Radio. Send them to info, I-N-F-O, at ghostwalks.com. Written or recorded files are accepted. If you write your story, I will personally read it on the air. If you record it on a sound file, I will play your story for everybody to hear in your very own words. Join us next Wednesday at 11 p.m. to hear more ghost stories on Ghost Walks Radio. Thanks for listening. And have a good night. I'd like permission to study the Necronomicon. The legend of the Necronomicon has it that long ago the Earth was inhabited by a species from another dimension. With certain chants from the book, coupled with ancient rites and sacrifices, this race, the old ones, can be brought back.
guys for listening to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Please follow us on all our social medias at FoggyJack13. Also, make sure you subscribe to YouTube and to our Patreon. Hope to see you all next time down in the pumpkin patch. Thank you, goodbye, and blessed be.